Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. Grab your Bibles, and we're going to continue our emotion series here. Uh, turn to your neighbor say, manage your emotions. Come on, tell them that. And as you remain standing for the reading of the Word of God, would you grab your Bibles and go with me to Genesis chapter number 4. And we're going to go all the way to the beginning of when God was dealing with emotions, actually. And I want to extract something I think that would be very beneficial to us. And if you did not get a message out like when you walked in, just our ushers are making their way down the aisleways there in Costa Mesa, uh, Fullerton, also live online. They're going to put a link there. Just click it and you'll get to the points of the message as well as the verses uh, that we'll be studying today. And you can follow along uh, with us. And we're going to be in Genesis chapter 4. And as you turn your Bibles there, um, I want to make mention is that next, uh, I'm sorry, say Sunday, March 8th is going to be a vision Sunday that I want to share with you some exciting things that are coming up in Freedom House and that's going to be really really fun and so just if you can mark your calendars there and uh, remember that Sunday March 8th is going to be a vision Sunday and I want to share with you some things that are coming up uh, for our church family exciting someone say exciting all right are you ready for the word Genesis chapter 4 verse 1 through 6 we're continuing our newest series emotions and we're going to talk here about an emotion that God dealt with in the book of Genesis. The Bible reads like this. It says, Adam uh, made love to his wife Eve and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. Uh, we're not talking about the, that's a different, that was marriage conference. We're talking about a different emotion, okay? She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Verse two, later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept the flock and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruit, say some of the fruit, of the soil as an offering to the Lord. So he had brought kind of leftover, some just kind of tipping the Lord. Verse 4 says, And Abel also brought an offering, the fat portions from some of the firstborn. Someone say the first part. So Abel brings the first part. In other words, he prioritizes God and honors him of his flock. And the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering because he did what was right. In verse 5, the Bible says, But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. And so watch what happens here. The Bible says that Cain was what? Very angry and his face was downcast now watch verse 6 this is called the law first mentioned the Lord said to Cain what did he say to Cain let's all read this together why are you angry and why is your face downcast turn to your neighbor and tell, tell your neighbor say why are you so angry just kidding come on that's right why are you so angry I wanted to show you this here we're going to talk about this it's going to be a good man I'm telling you God's going to speak to us he said why are you so angry I want you to see this. Focus in here is the first time, watch this now, God speaks in the Bible outside of the garden was to deal with the toxic emotion called anger. God, in other words, is concerned with how we deal with this thing called anger. Because if we don't deal with anger, anger is going to deal with us. And I want to talk to you today about how to deal with this emotion called anger and how we handled it matters to God and how we can bring this to God. Because every single one of us battle this emotion called anger and God wants to help us. And so I want to talk to you today. The title of my message is God's way to controlling anger. God's way to controlling anger. And I know it's going to help a lot of people. In fact, it's going to help your church experience. Because some of you come to church, you're all mad right now. It's going to be okay. Come on. Just tell you. Come on now. Anyway, I miss it. Let's pray. Bow your head. Father, we thank you this morning. And God, as we study your word today, speak to us, Father. Encourage us, build us up, challenge us, and even convict us in areas that we can grow as we speak on the subject matter of anger. 
God, help us to deal with it, that it wouldn't deal with us so that we can make decisions based out of faith and not out of our feelings. God, we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. Come on, give God one more clap. You may be seated. And just tell your neighbor, say, calm down, Chile. Just say, calm down. Just joking. Come on, calm down. It's going to be all right. Come on, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. I want to talk to you today about the emotion called anger. I want to talk about anger. This is a serious thing. This is something we all battle in this room, everybody. Let me just start by saying this. There is not a person on planet Earth that does not battle anger. Um, we all battle anger, especially my wife. Just kidding. Come on, I'm joking. I'm going to get myself in trouble. We all battle anger, every single one of us. Everyone in this room battles this emotion called anger. And as we've been learning this series, um, now, not, as I go, not all, God wants us to feel emotion. So not all anger is bad, and I'll break it down here in a minute of how God wants us to manage this emotion. But we should know is this series is not intended for us not to feel. We're not trying to make ourselves robots. But in other words, it's how we lead our life and how we manage our feelings is what's important to God. And so everybody battles this emotion, but we need to learn how to use it for God's glory and not allow the enemy to use it uh, for bad. And so there is a way that God wants us to manage this so that it can trigger change, but not in the way that would be harmful. And I want to talk about this because I don't think you got to look far that especially in our generation today, um, one, of the, one of the generational giants is anger. We live in an angry generation. Everybody's upset about something. Everybody's offended about something. You go on the news, you, you go to your schools, you go on social media. Everybody's all angry. And, and, and I think that this message today is really going to confront and challenge every single one of us because as believers, there is a certain way that we should manage these emotions and make decisions because ultimately, we got to be a witness for Jesus. Can I get a better amen, okay? And we can't be a witness for Jesus if we're always upset. You're always all bugged. You're always all mad. You know what I'm saying? It's like, wow, John, oh, oh my Lord. So we got to do this because a lot, a lot of times what can happen is anger can be a serious problem in a person's life. In fact, one person said it like this. They said, anger is one letter away from danger, all right? Just put it's danger. And so a lot of people live in the danger zone. Da -da 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 -da. Some of you are too young. That's when movies were good. Anyway, just joke. Come on, that's messed up. Huh? Anyway, the danger zone. So, hey, a lot of people live in the danger zone. You're just, you're a ticking time bomb. You're just waiting to blow up on somebody. And, and it's dangerous because the enemy loves to exploit and use your anger to endanger all of your life. Um, you know, the enemy will try to get it. And if we don't handle it in a godly way, then anger can, be, can become dangerous. And in fact, it puts everything in your life at risk. Uncontrolled anger will put everything in, at risk in your life. Uncontrolled anger will put your relationships at risk. Uncontrolled anger will put uh, your, your, your marriage at risk. Uncontrolled anger will put your, your job at risk. Some I mean, of y'all got fired on your day off because you were mad. Anyway, you know, uncontrolled anger will, will, will put your body at risk, will put your family at risk. Uncontrolled anger will put your life at risk. There are a lot of people that, that are living in regret because of a moment of anger. In fact, they're in jail because they were great, but just in a moment they did something, said something, reacted a certain way that ended up um, putting their life in regret. And the en enemy wants to exploit your anger. And so today we are going to study how God wants us to control our anger so anger won't control us and we won't respond in sin, we'll respond with 
with how God wants us to respond. Can I get a better amen? Now, my opening thoughts here, let me break this down. I got a lot of, a lot of ground to cover, but, but I think, again, God's word is going to help us. Now, I want to say is that anger is not only a guy problem, okay? So don't be like, yeah, pastor, get it, because he's mean. He needs to be nice. And, you know, come on, preach it, pastor. I'm so glad I came today. Oh, this is the word I've been, come on. I know I'm already ahead of you. I've been praying in the spirit. Come on, you know. Anger is not only a male problem. Because there are some finger snapping, head bobbing, eye squinting, eyebrow raising, women of God out there, come on somebody. Guys just look straight and be like, I don't know what he's talking about, honey. I mean, there's just poor, someone needs prayer. I got it, babe. Come on, you're a wise man. Come on now. There are some angry ladies out there. And they'll be, like, they'll be scary. They'll be like, yeah, I love you. And you're like, I'm going to sleep with one eye open. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Come on. <laughs> so this is not just a guy, okay? Everybody, ladies and fellas, deal with anger. Can I, guys, don't leave me hanging. Come on. Give me an amen. Okay, okay. Help me out here, okay? Please don't leave your boy hanging. I'm trying to help you, all right? Come on. I don't know what he's talking about. Pray for the pastor. <laughs> Come on. All right? Everybody deals with anger. Tear your neighbors say, we all deal with it. Say, we all deal with it, Okay. And so we're going to talk about how, how we manage this because as I do this now, now uh, you know, afford me and lend me, be generous with the time here. And I know that I always try to get you out on time. I might be a little mi couple minutes over time, but I promise you it will be worth it. Um, but I just, I feel a subject matter like this. I got to kind of touch all the bases so I don't leave you out here with a half a haircut. And you'd be like, okay, is it, is, what's up with this anger stuff? So I want to talk to you because not all anger is bad. Okay, there are moments in the scripture that even says Jesus was angry, but I want to teach you how to manage this. So there are three forms of anger, and this is not on, on, your, on your notes, so just kind of maybe use the margin or turn the page around. And here are three forms of anger. I only have so much room on your notes, uh, which is, I guess, a good thing because if not, I'd give you books. Come on. And so, so just kind of on the side here, here are the different types of anger. The first type of anger, which is toxic, is rage. Write that down somewhere. This is the first type, is rage. And rage is an uncontrolled anger. This is an explosion. So when God says, you know, when Cain was about to make a move out of anger, God was speaking to him because he had a moment of rage that was about to come. As we learned in the scriptures, he will later on act upon this anger and he'll explode and actually end up murdering his brother out of attack. But God wants to speak to the rage that we deal with because you are a ticking time bomb and an explosion can take place where you're going to hurt somebody um, that you really love. And so the best way I can explain this is kind of like the soda can. You know, um, some of us, you, you're, you got so much anger that you're like, you follow me? It's getting tight. And you've you're got so much rage. And you are a ticking time bomb. Okay, an explosion. And you're so upset that God wants to deal with you because if not, what's going to happen is the whole front row about to get an experience. I should have told you there's a 3D section right here. I'm joking. <laughs> is if I open this, and some of you, this is what you're like. Is you're, you're, you're an explosion waiting to happen. And you don't realize the reason why people push away from you is because you're an explosion waiting to happen. Everybody's like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
Because they know at any moment, you're, you're just going to... And maybe the reason why you're not as close to people that you would love is because you got too much rage in you. And you're pushing away those that, that love you. I mean, you know, when you watch a movie and you see a big old explosion in the movie, what, what happens when, when, when there's an explosion? Do people run to the explosion? No, what do they do? They run from it. And maybe that's why people are running from you. And how are we going to be a witness if people are running from us? How are we going to be a witness for Jesus when you go to work and they're like, don't go near her desk. Don't, don't, no way. No way. <laughs> Come on. How are we going to be a witness for Jesus when they're like, yeah, don't go around him. No, no, we need to be like, no, I'm good. I've given my rage to God. I've given my anger to God. I am not a ticking time bomb. Come on, somebody. I'm able to respond. So rage is the first type, and God doesn't want us to have that because it will push people away from our lives. The second type, write this down, of anger. This is a, Now this is the toxic one that, can, if it's left uncontrolled, will be an explosion. And this one is resentment. Write this down, resentment. Now, resentment is an anger that is a, a repressed anger. So it's not one that, in essence, explodes, but it's a res, it is an, an oppressed anger. Uh, repressed anger that is inside of you that oftentimes is even subtly more dangerous than the explosion one because this type of anger is a passive aggressive type of anger where and the outward you're like yeah you're my friend but deep inside you're trying to get revenge and you're trying to get even this one is wicked because it's like a Judas type of uh, like I love you but you're, you're you're trying to you know what I mean and this one is dangerous. And God says, I don't want you to have this live with this type of resentment because then what you're actually trying to do is you're, you're trying to, to, to betray people. You're, trying to, you're, you're saying outwardly, I love you, but in reality, you just want to stay close to them and you're waiting for a chance to, to tear them down. And again, how are we going to be a witness? How are we going to live with unforgiveness and bitterness? God wants you to have a pure heart. He wants you to love. He wants you, the Bible says, love your enemies, pray for those who do you wrong. I ain't getting no claps for that. That's all right. Come on. I'm going to preach it anyway. Come on. We got to pray for those who do us wrong. We got to love our enemies. He says, for what witness, Jesus says, is it to only love those who are lovable? Even pagans do that. He says, but what makes the believer a Christ follower is we even love those who do us wrong. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor Josiah. So good. I had to amen myself right there because that's the word of God, okay? So resentment, and again, this one is, is I think, Sometimes even more subtle and dangerous because if not, it will poison all you have. So rage and resentment are the toxic ones. But this one, the third one, write this down. This is a form of anger that God actually approves of, and it's called a righteous indignation. Righteous indignation. The word indignation is a three-syllable word, indig, and then nation, indignation. And this righteous indignation is the right type of anger, and I want to show you where Jesus actually was angry, and I want to break this down a little bit, then I'll get back to really talking about the toxic type, but I want to kind of just clarify why you feel the emotion anger. Mark chapter um, 10 and verse 13 and 14, the Bible says, one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he can touch and bless them. In other words, pray for these children. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. And when Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. What was Jesus? What was he? 
angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. In other words, what Jesus was saying is he got upset when there was an injustice of not letting the kingdom of God reach somebody's life. So the proper response, the anger reason God wants you to have, if you're going to have any anger, is an anger where you're saying, I don't want to let the devil stop what God wants to do in my life. You should get upset when the enemy is messing with your child. You should get upset when you're seeing addictions and bondage and stronghold try to run rampant in your life. You should put your foot down and say, I'm not okay with me living under what God has for me. I'm the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Uh, come on, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to live under this bondage anymore. I'm sick and tired of letting the devil run rampant in my life. I'm sick and tired of him making me lose my mind. I am going to change this year, and I'm going to accept Jesus and see the blessing. Of oh, somebody ought to get fired up today in Jesus' name. So tell your neighbors, say, get fired up for God things, okay? So that's okay. Now, Jesus was like, whoa, do not suffer these children to experience the kingdom of God. So that's a righteous inclination. But here's what the devil does. Is the enemy, uh, you know, what's good, he turns it for bad. And then tries to get us to have a selfish anger where really it's not about the kingdom. It's about me, myself, and I. <laughs> Woo! I'm not happy. I didn't like the way you did it. And so then we get upset and then we allow ourselves to live in rage or resentment. And we got to talk about this anger issue because... I want to talk about the first two, actually, about rage and resentment. Here's what Jesus said about selfish anger in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 22. Say the Bible says. Watch what Jesus said. In fact, say Jesus said, okay? Here's what he said. Come on, Coast Mesa. Jesus said, Matthew 5, 22. He says, but I say, if you are even angry with someone, now he's talking about rage and resentment, not righteous indignation. If you're even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone raka or an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. Notice even Jesus used the word, the danger of anger. Jesus was like, if you let rage and resentment, here are the two levels. He says, you're in, he says your anger will put you in danger of the court. Well, what's that? You're going to end up in jail. If you keep doing things out of your anger, living out of anger, you're going to put yourself in a place that's going to hinder the rest of your life. Then he says, which is even worse, if you give full vent to your anger, then you're going to be in the danger of eternal hell. In other words, my anger drives me to sin. It drives me to disobedience with God where I, I sacrifice my purity and I'm picking up my anger when I should be picking up the cross. Okay, I'm picking up my flesh when I should be responding to my faith. And Jesus says that this thing, if we give it, it will literally break us down. So we want to talk about how do we deal with it. Well, how do we deal with it? First, we've got to understand it. Point number one, write this down. Let's get down to business now. Uncontrolled anger is a doorway. Someone say it's a doorway. So let's talk about this, okay? Again, I want to really teach this. I want to get this into us because I feel that if there was ever a message that I believe is so relevant for our generation is how to manage anger. We're talking about how to manage rage and resentment. We're talking about how to make sure we live out of faith and not feeling. And we're making sure that we understand this because everybody in this room, there's going to be at least one time in your life that you are going to get so upset. 
And I pray that this message is one of those that's going to help you. And you have to recognize that anger is a doorway. When I have uncontrolled anger in my life, emotions, managing my moods, that it will either be a doorway that's going to lead me down path of sin, a path of regret, or a path of some type of bondage, or it's going to lead me into righteous living and say, you know what, uh-uh, I'm upset with what, I've, I, you know, uh, me not living for God, I want to see the blessing of God. Anger can bring out the ugliest out of your life. Now, in the verses that we just read, in the, in the verses we just read, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 6, watch this now, that when Cain gets upset, watch verse 6, put it back up on the screens if you can, Genesis 4, 6, the Bible says that God speaks. It says, then the Lord said to Cain, what did he say? Why are you angry? Why are you angry? This is the first time God speaks outside of the garden. In other words, God was silent. He's like, I'm going to just let him be, let him be, let him be. Once God saw uncontrolled anger about to happen, God spoke and said, yo, Cain, why are you so angry? This is a doorway that's going to take you somewhere that you're going to regret. And I know all of us in this room, God speaks to you and you get upset and you don't want to hear it. You're like upset and God's like, why are you so angry? I don't want to talk to you right now. I'm mad at you. Someone said you should pray about it. I don't want to pray about it right now. <laughs> go to church. I don't want to go to church. <laughs> but God says, why are you so angry? What's the point? If you think God's going to stay silent while you're in a fit of rage, you don't understand your God. I'll, amen. Good preaching. God says, I am going to speak to you. Why? Because listen to me now. Because God knows that this is God's word. He spoke to Cain because he knew that if Cain, and he put it in the eternal scriptures for all of us, that if anger left unspoken to will cause you to do things that will take you to a place of sin. So God says, Cain, why are you so angry? You got to speak to this issue of your life. In other words, how we manage anger matters to God. It's going to take you. And later on, God's going to say, because sin stands at your door. And it's waiting to, to jump on you. He says, why are you angry? Let me ask you, why are you angry? You say, well, I'll tell you why I'm angry. See, what happened, what happened was, what happened, what happened was. <laughs> God didn't ask him what happened. He said, why are you angry? <laughs> it's the same thing he told his daddy, Adam. Where are you? He didn't say, what happened? He says, no, where are you? Why are you? Because in every situation, God always wants to deal with, it's tight, but it's right, you. Come on. Tell your neighbor, say, he's talking to you, he's talking to you, he's talking to you. You're like, no, God, deal with them. Don't talk to me. I'm mad. Talk to them, Lord. Oh, I love this. I feel the Holy Ghost. That just feels great. Talk to them, pastor. Get them. No, no. God's like, I want to talk to you, Cain. I want to talk to you, Adam. You want, why are you angry? In other words, God says, I want to deal with the root. Why, why are you angry? Why are you upset? 
Then, you know, again, he deals with us. Now, what I find so interesting in this man, I hope this speaks to you here. What's funny is that Cain responds despondently just like his father responded despondently. Adam says, this woman you gave me, Genesis 3. Cain is like, I ain't listening to you. And he's like, well, you know, my brother, and am I my brother's keeper? Isn't it interesting that whatever the father doesn't deal with gets passed on to the child? The way we handle anger will be how we teach the next generation of Christ followers how to handle anger. In other words, whatever I don't kill, whatever I don't confront, I'm going to pass it on to my children, and they're going to inherit my giant, and they're going to respond the way I, I responded. I wish I had about four mom or dads that are going to make a decision to break generational strongholds. I'm not going to pass on problems. I'm going to pass on blessing. I'm not going to pass on drama. I'm going to pass on the word of God. And I'm going to decide to kill the generational giant of no more uncontrolled anger in my home. But we are going to have self-control. Come on, can I get a better amen? I'm not getting a little excited here. Come on. And I can feel some of you angry. <laughs> Whatever. Adam passed it on. God says, why are you so angry? It's a doorway. Then, I find this is funny. Let me just a little rant here, okay? God doesn't stop at that. God actually says in the same verse, he says, why is your face downcast? <laughs> I love that God's like, and I'm not even talking about just on the inside. Why you got the Fuji face? <laughs> I love this God. This is the word of God, y'all. I love the scripture. He says, why you, why you got a Fuji face? Now, if someone don't know what a Fuji face is, is this. It's like when you smell some Fuji. It's like when you eat a, a lemon, lemon juice. God's like, and I don't like the look on your face either. <laughs> Some of your parents are like, that's what I'm saying, God. That's what I'm saying. Now, finally, you know. God is saying, and I don't like the countenance. Now, why? Why is God concerned? Can I tell you why? Because how can we be a witness for Jesus? And we're like this. You get on my nerves, you get on my nerves, you get on my nerves. Cubicle four gets on my nerves. Office five get on my nerves. You know, apartment, they all get on my nerves, Lord. Nobody's going to want, no, nobody's going to want to know just the God you serve. We've got to be a people where they say, ah, the joy that you have, the perspective that you have. I mean, you're, you just, even your way you carry yourself. Now, some of you might be like, well, I don't want to be fake. No, that's not fake. That's called leadership. That's called self-control. That's called Christ-like. That's called I'm not the old man. I'm the new renewed in Jesus. Come on, say amen. So we got to make sure that we respond uh, in that way. Just turn your neighbor and smile. Come on, just smile at them. Smile at them. Smile. See, already, they already want to be in church right there. Look at that. Come on now. Come on, smile. If you're missing a tooth, don't matter. Just come on. Just praise the Lord. Amen. It's okay. Awesome. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're having fun. All right. Focus here. So he talks about this. Now, here's what Proverbs 29, 11 says. Fools vent their anger, but wise but the wise quickly hold it back. And the Bible says that it's, the Bible is telling us that it's foolish to give full vent to our anger. I'm just going to let it all out. You know, Pastor, I just, I just tell it like it is. I'm just being real. No, that's rude. That's not real, okay? That's rude, okay? If you want to be real, then have a mature Christ-like conversation. Be the real version of, of, of the godly Christ-like 
believers that we are. We don't, I give him peace of my mind. No, no, don't give him a piece of your mind. Give him a piece of the mind of Christ. Okay, give him a piece of that right there. Show the world heaven on earth. I like what Proverbs, the same verse in the message translation, which is a paraphrase. It says, a fool lets it all hang out, but a sage quietly mulls it over. I just thought I'd read it in the, in the message because I think that, that like pertains to social media. I just hate everybody. No. And then in the next, the next post, and I love Jesus. Proverbs 29, verse 22, an angry person stirs up conflict, and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. The Bible says that if we give full vein to our anger, we're going to stir up conflict, and then it's going to lead to a pathway of sin. we got to make sure that we manage anger, not stir up the pot, because if not anger, we'll stir up the pot. It's kind of like the wife who was talking, there was a woman, a wife talking to another a wife, and, she, and, she, and they, they said, they said how, you know, how do you deal with your husband who's so frustrated and angry? What do you do when, when, when your husband gets you frustrated? She goes, oh, I just, I just clean the toilets. She says, how does that make you feel better? She says, I use this toothbrush. It's fantastic. I'm just joking. That's the wrong way. That's the wrong way. No, no, that's not how you handle anger, okay? No. So you're like, Pastor, why are you giving them ideas? I know, I'm just, okay. No, that's, that's called stirring conflict, okay? That's not, no, 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 no. All right, point number two, point number two. Let's move on, let's move on here. Let's move on. Point number two. Uncontrolled anger is destructive. Come on, write that down. If we don't get a hold of this anger, it becomes destructive. You see, the danger of what anger is, it could lead to unforgiveness. It could lead to um, holding on to grudges. It could cause marital problems. It could cause us not, not to want to stay pure and holy. It's destructive if we leave uncontrolled anger uh, in our lives. It will then lead to a place that will always end up uh, attacking and killing. In fact, in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 8, watch what God, what, what happens. After God speaks to Cain and says, Cain, why are you angry? He's trying to deal with it. Cain doesn't deal with it. Look at the result of what happens. In Genesis 4, 8, the Bible says, now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out into the field. And while they were in the field, what did Cain do? He attacked uh, his brother and then Abel, and he killed him, the Bible says. This is a tragic situation in the scriptures, people of God, because the Bible reveals to us in verse 6, God is trying to deal with this anger issue. Cain doesn't want to deal with it. But then in verse 8, he ends up acting out on his anger, and he attacks his family, which then leads to murder. In other words, it became destructive. And I really feel this morning that this message is like a big warning sign for all of us of God saying, if we don't deal with this uncontrolled anger, this rage and resentment, it's going to put you on attack mode. And you're going to live in a season of attacking the people you love. You're going to attack your neighbors. You're going to attack your family. You're going to attack other people. And, by, and my prayer is that it wouldn't end up where you end up killing a relationship. You killed the marriage. You killed the friendship. And you're going to live your whole life being lonely and isolated and say everybody was the problem. No, you didn't control your rage and it destroyed every area of your life. But I thank God that you're in this service. I praise the Lord that you're hearing the word because today, come on, we're going to control anger God's way. And we're going to live out of faith, not feelings. Come on, can I get a better amen? And do what God has for us. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26 says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Uh, this verse here, the Bible says that 
He says, in your anger, don't sin. In other words, you're going to get upset. God's saying, don't ever get angry. No, you're going to get upset. But God says, but don't let it lead to sin. He says, in fact, when we go to bed with our anger, in other words, it becomes resentment, and you go to bed, and you wake up, and you go to bed, and you wake up, and you go to bed, and you wake up. He says that you're going to give the devil a foothold. Now, what's a foothold? A foothold is like when one of my little brothers would, would steal something from me, and they try to run into a room, but then they try to close the door, and I put my foot, bah, and they couldn't close it. Ah, right, right. Now I have a foothold, or there's a way into the room. What the Bible is saying is when I have uncontrolled anger of rage and resentment that I'm giving the devil a foothold, in other words, access into my life. And he'll mess with your emotions and he'll mess with your family and he'll cause you to always be on attack mode. And you're wondering, it's them. No, no, no. You got to control your anger. Now, even if it is them, don't let that, that dictate your countenance or your Christ-like character. Now, personal story. I was a very angry person, you know, very pelionero, fighter, come on, you know what I mean? Very angry, very, very chip on my shoulder. My, my dad walked out of me when I was young, and, and I, I didn't like authority, and unfortunately was going down the wrong path before I knew Christ, and then I got saved. And I would love to tell you that I was never angry again. I walked on roses. No! got harder. It was real talk. Because now I actually wanted to change. Before I didn't care. But now I'm like, God, I don't want, I don't want to have this anger. And I thought I, I thought I had a good handle on it um, until I said these, these little words, I do. <laughs> then I got married. Woo! Praise God. And this thing started coming up more. As a new husband, I love my wife. But I recognized that I was still, the slightest thing would ruin the date night, would ruin the vacation. The slightest thing would, now I forget it. And I, and I saw this coming out of me, man. I'd hold resentment. A one-moment argument would turn into a five-day argument. It's just real talk, okay? And you're like, what, pastor? Yeah, I'm sorry, I wasn't perfect. Okay, pray for me, all right? I wasn't a pastor. I was just serving God, and I still deal with stuff now. I mean, that was... Last week, Pastor Marina talked to me for five days. No, I'm just kidding. Come on, somebody. Amen. No, no, joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. But as a young husband, one day argument turned to five day argument. What a talk. And, and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just sick of this. I'm sick of this. And I genuinely began to pray. I said, God, help me, please. I don't want to push away the people I love most. I love my wife. And I would come to God and, and, and I would come. And I'm going to tell you, it wouldn't change in one moment. You want to know when I started actually seeing change? Is when I wanted to respond in anger, I didn't. Because it's easy when like, I feel good. Oh, yeah, I love you. And they're like, what? I had to recognize it's destructive and it's not building my marriage. It's not building my family. It's not going to build my children. So here's what I did. I'm just trying to give you a very simple way to help. I started changing my words. Okay. What I started doing is I started speaking not from my anger, I spoke from my faith. Okay? My faith. I spoke from the word. Okay? I, I, I was like, I made a decision. I'm not gonna speak from my anger. And what I don't like, don't like, don't like, I'm gonna speak from my faith. So I, you know, I love you and 
you know, right, it's all going to be great. Hey, don't even worry about it. There's grace. I started learning all these words. Come on, that I want it for me, but I don't want to give to others. Come on. You know, grace, give it to me, Lord. Them. No, Lord, I don't know about them, you know. <laughs> I recognize it's okay. I realize it was a mistake. and Let's just, let's get better. And, and I started speaking faith and started, you know, in other words, watering that. And, and then my wife got pregnant five years later. Some of you know our story. And I started practicing on my kids, and I would talk to her stomach, and, hey, Daddy loves you. And, and, and I, would, I would use these, and the world tries to, it's not positive, it's the Word of God. The Bible says you speak the Word of God. Because, see, we think that words are for reading. No, the Bible tells us that words are for creating. The first time God spoke, the Bible says, he says, let there be light, and there was light. If you recognize how powerful your words were, you would start using them in the direction that you want to see God in your life, okay? Now, I'm not talking about self-help stuff. I'm talking about the Word of God, speaking the Word of God, the principles of God. Not just thinking it, not just leaving it in your Bible, but having it come through your mouth and in your life, okay? As I'm speaking the Word of God. I would tell my, my, she was praying, Dad loves you, and you're going to, God has great plans for you. And, and even to this day, I, I, I'm trying to change the course of my home by speaking life. You know, I tell my daughters, I got names, they're, they're my princesses. And that way, when little Papi Chulo comes, they, they already know who they are. Come on, talk to me, amen. You know, be like, Ooh, you're a princess. My daddy already told me. Mommy. That's right. I already bought her flowers and bears and all. Anyway, okay, I better move on. The point I'm making is, when I started doing that, I started seeing change in me. You may say, well, that's fake, pastor. You didn't feel it. No, no, that's called maturity. It's called maturity. Is I don't operate from my feelings. I operate from my faith. I don't speak from my anger. I speak from my Savior. Come on. I'm not, well, are you lying? No, I'm prophesying. Come on now. I'm speaking the things that are not as though they are. Can I get a better amen? Let's read one more verse, Ephesians 4, 29. i got to finish this outline here. The Bible, actually, no, I want to read the book of, no, no, yeah, I want to read that one. i got a lot of scriptures. Don't get mad you came to church. Okay, let me a few minutes. Ephesians 4, 29. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to whose needs? Not my needs. That they may benefit those who what? Listen, James 1, 19 and 20. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to what? Listen, slow to speak, and slow to what? I want you to underline those four words, slow to become angry. It says, verse 20, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. You know the Bible wants you to be slow to get angry? I really pray that we make this our prayer request. In fact, why don't you say this one? Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, Costa Mesa. Say, Lord Jesus, make me slow to get angry. In other words, it should take a lot to get you angry. And some of us, you got such a small fuse. It's like, it's like any little thing. Start praying, God, give me a longer fuse, Lord. Let, let, let it take a lot more than that. Let it take a whole lot more than someone taking the last shopping cart. That's all it takes, and that's it. The devil got you. I take it. It's like, whoa, man, you know. That's it. You left the Socks on the floor again, that's it. It's like, we're talking about socks, you know. It's like, come on, let, let's, let's say it again. Say, God, maybe slow to anger. Colossians 3.8 says, but now you must also rid yourself of such of these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. 
We should never speak to the people we love and speak down to them with cursing. Bless them. Bless them. Say it again. Say bless them. We got to make sure we do that. Amen. Number three, write this down. Almost done here. Uncontrolled anger often leads to a life of regret. Uncontrolled anger often leads to a life of regret. Why does God want us to control anger God's way? Because it will lead us to a life of regret. Let's look back to Cain. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 4, verse 10, Then the Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to the ground. In other words, God saw what he did. And now jump down to verse 13. The Bible says, Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is more than I can bear. In other words, he was saying he lived in regret. He's like, you're right, Lord. What did I do? In verse 6, you spoke to me. I disobeyed. I attacked, and I made a terrible decision. And now look what I've done. And now this punishment is more than I can bear. In other words, it was regret. Don't live in regret. Now, if you've made bad decisions, here's the good news. There's the grace of God. Here's the good news. You can have a fresh start today. The blood of Jesus can give you a fresh start. There might be some you need to apologize after this message. But all in all, you need to recognize, I don't want to live in regret anymore. After today, I'm going to use the word of God to help me control this anger. I'm not going to give full vent to my anger. I'm not going to let uncontrolled rage and resentment run through my life. I'm not going to let unwholesome talk come out of my life. I'm not going to give the devil a foothold. I'm going to be angry, but I'm not going to go into sin. And I'm going to let Jesus lead my life and speak out of faith and not feelings. Amen. Now, oftentimes, I'm all, I say just permit me a few more minutes and I'm almost done, I promise you is the reason we respond in anger is because we feel, well, I don't want to let them get away with it, Pastor Josiah. They wronged me because here's the real talk. A lot of us in this room, there might be a total legitimate reason why you should be angry and why they deserve this. And like, you don't recognize what they did. You're right, man, what they did, that's terrible. But what makes you think that what they did, they're going to get away with it? Who told you that? I'm going to show you this verse, and I pray that this brings some peace to you. Because in Romans, watch what God says. Look at this verse. It's going to help you. I know you're going to love this verse. Because I know some of you are like, yeah, Pastor, I like that. Okay, watch this. There you go. It says this. It says, put up a quick hand. It says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Okay? Now, that's not to use this scripture be like, that's right. God's going to get you. Don't do that, okay? All right? I know some of you are like, that's all I needed, Pastor. Praise the Lord. You know? No, listen now. But here's what, why you should not respond out of uncontrolled rage and anger. Because if somebody does you wrong, you need to know God says, I saw what they did. And don't you think for a moment that I'm going to let them get away with that. I saw the injustice. I saw how they hurt you. And God says, you just trust me and I'm going to get revenge. I'm going to pay them back. You just hold your peace. You be a woman of God. You be a man of God. Even when they acting all up and God says, I got your back. I got a lot of angels and we're going to take care of this. Come on, talk to me somebody. Amen. So that alone should be like, be like hey, the Lord going to deal with you. Come on, somebody. And that's just the truth. In, in fact, don't let anybody get that anger out of you. Last thing I'll say is this. Because I'm going to give you quick five points, five quick things that I'm done. Is don't give anybody that much power to draw the rage and resentment out of your life. Don't give anybody that much power to bring out the ungodly version of you. Please, please, please. And if you really want to get upset, just smile. It's cool. They want you to get, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's great. No, get upset. No, I'm great. It's fantastic. Hey, I trust God. And, don't worry about it. It's cool. 
Now, don't do it to try to get on their nerves, but you know what I'm saying, okay? It's like, I'm good. It's great. Really quick, five ways to manage anger. Number one, write this down. Okay, I'm, I'm done here. I'm done. I'm going to give you these five ways. So, Pastor, what do I do if I find myself in the danger zone? Here's what I want you to do. Number one, write this down. Ask for help. Ask for help. Some of you, you're doing life alone. You got to get you got to get another brother in the Lord, or around another married couple, or a sister in the Lord. You got to have accountability. Get to the men's breakfast, and it's happening, you know, uh, in March. And, and and get accountability. Ask for help. Ask someone to pray for you. The Bible says Galatians six two to carry each other's burden, and in this you fulfill the law of Christ. Number two, what do you do if you find yourself in the danger zone? Is you got to exit the situation, okay? So if you're in a place where you're like, I don't want to say something I'm going to regret. I don't want to do something I may regret. I don't want to destroy anything. Just exit. Ask for a twenty second timeout. Now, marriages, you need to hear this okay because it's okay if you're like you know what i just need a moment go out in the backyard you know throw the ball around with the dog or just go for a walk around the block it's okay to take a 20 second time out or a one minute time out it's like a game hey i need a review i threw the red flag i just need a two so we're gonna review this play real quick you know it's okay now don't make that three months five days okay can be like we'll review this in three months no 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 there's a game going on we need to come on all right so but it's okay just exit the situation Diffuse, come right back and say, okay, now I'm ready to talk about this, okay? In other words, in that moment where you exit, you got to forgive them. you got to ask for forgiveness, and then you're ready to talk about it to bring healing. Number three, what do you do if you find yourself in the danger zone? Find the root. Don't respond out of your emotion. Find the root. Maybe it was bitterness. Maybe it was resentment. Maybe something took place in your, in your childhood that you saw play out, and now you're angry. It's not so much you're angry at them. You're just angry at what, what your ex did or what someone else did. I recognize that. Number four. Now, this I don't mean this to sound insensitive, but just write this down. Sooner or later, you got to get over it, okay? I'm just, that's the way you deal with it. You got to get over it. You got to forgive and you got to let go. You got to stop being like, well, no, in 1977, at approximately 6 p.m. on the 405 freeway, I was going down the road. There were three red cars to the left and three yellow cars to the right. And I remember because you were wearing those jeans that you always wore you got to get over and say, today, that's it. I forgive the past. It's under the blood of Jesus. I recognize that you need grace like I need grace. Let's move forward. And number five, last and not least, you got to control the emotion of anger. Don't let it control you. You control it. Ask the Lord for the fruit of the Spirit called self-control. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.